Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. So let's dive into the word. Father, we thank you today, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, Father. We just invite your holy presence to continue to be with us today. Lord, right now and in this moment, Father, I empty myself of everything I am, of everything I've been taught, Lord God, of my mindset, Lord God, and I come before you. An empty vessel, Lord God, I pray that you would speak, Lord God. Father, speak to me, Lord God, and through me to your people, Father, that we would leave this place today, knowing and understanding, Father, who we are in you, Lord, that we would walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today we are going to be speaking out of the book of Jeremiah. We're going to be speaking on Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 19. And today I'm going to be speaking to young people. How many young people do we have here in the house today? Okay, I count maybe five, five young people. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you understood the meaning of the word young, every hand in this house would have been raised. I am two weeks shy of my 59th birthday, and I am young in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I looked up the word young in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and the definition of the word young is being an er in an early stage of life, growth, or development, having little experience. And today I want to be speaking to a family in our spiritual walk. So in our spiritual life, I consider myself to be young. I am young in the Lord. I am constantly growing. So I consider myself young in my spiritual growth. And I am continuously developing. So I consider myself young in my spiritual development. And the time, the season that we decide or that we come to terms and say, I've already been grown spiritually. I am spiritually completely mature. I have grown in my spiritual walk and I have grown in my spiritual de development. Then you become a stale Christian because you stay stuck in a place. And you know what? The Lord will use us any which way. We just have to allow him to grow us. Today we're going to be speaking to young people who want to grow in their spiritual life young people who want to grow and develop in their spiritual maturity. Let me tell you something. We need to grow in our spiritual walk, and we need to be developed every single day of our lives. The day we stop growing and the day we stop developing is the day that we come before the gates of heaven and say, God, here I am. I am completely empty, Lord, because everything you have given me, I have left down on the earth. I have deposited myself into someone else. Amen. So today I'm talking to young people, and how many young people do we have in the house of God today? That's right. I don't know if you guys noticed, but today's special for me. It's special because I have my kids. Three of my kids are here. My son and his wife and my daughter are here. My son and his wife are traveling from Arizona. You know, he had a little bout with COVID out there, and, you know, it was hard for me as a mom to have him go through that. 
by himself because moms want to take care of their kids. But I'm so blessed to have a daughter-in-law who has the heart of God and who nurtured my son back into hell. So thank you, Paola. I love you. <laughs> All righty. So as we dive into the word today, I'm going to read scripture. But before I read the scriptures, I just want to leave you with two questions, okay? And these are the two questions that we're going to hone in scripture today. The first one is, what does God want from me? What does God want from me? Do we know what God is calling us to do? And the second question will be, what will my response to what God wants from me and the first question we're going to see, we're going to kind of break that up in verses 4 through 10. And then the response, we're going to see Jeremiah's response to the call of God in verses 11 through 19. So I would just want to, before I read scripture, I just want to give you a quick overview of the book of Jeremiah. Because sometimes, you know, we, we, you know, we might have a guest who doesn't know. Or maybe we're just, you know, we're still growing in our spiritual life and we haven't gotten to these books. So I just want to give you a quick overview of who Jeremiah was and what the call was and what the scenario was. And as I give you this, I want you to ponder. You don't need to hone in, but just ponder a little bit on this third question. What do we do when our country falls apart? And as we go through scripture, I hope that we're able to get an understanding of the circumstances that Jeremiah had to endure when God called him to ministry. So the book of Jeremiah is about a young prophet declaring disaster, but yet He's bringing a promise to the people of God. And Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet because his prophecies were often so filled. There was always a sense of sadness and, and a sense of mourning in the things that he had to share with the people. And so his sadness was very accurately expressed. Um, he was expressing the heart of God, who in the midst of judgment, God was grieved by the death of the people's sin. And that kind of made me ponder on where we're at today because I think that the heart of God is grieved by the world today. See, Jeremiah was called to bring a really hard message to the land because people had turned away from God. They had pushed God away. They had turned to worshiping man-made idols, and they were embracing their man-made abilities, right? And so this grieved Jeremiah because he was being used by God to deliver a message of conviction to the people. And this message wasn't well received with the people. They rejected Jeremiah. And as they were rejecting Jeremiah, they were rejecting the heart of God, God who was continuously using people to call people upon himself because this is the God we serve. He doesn't want us to stay in condemnation. He doesn't want us lost. He wants us to know how much he loves us, how much the plans and the purposes that he has for us are better than the plans and the purposes we have for ourselves. So people were worshiping idols, and they were in blatant rebellion um, to the Lord. And so through the book of Jeremiah, we see 
a compassionate heart, right? Jeremiah has compassion for the people of God. And just as, you know, the nation continued to reject his words, just as they rejected uh, Jeremiah, they were also rejecting a compassionate and loving God. This is the God of today, the God of yesterday, and the God of tomorrow. He will always be faithful. He will always be compassionate. And he will always be the God that loves us and takes us, receives us just the way we are. Amen? Okay, so right now I'm going to dive into Scripture. We're reading from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 19. And the word of the Lord reads accordingly. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Jeremiah speaking. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And you know what? We need to listen to the word of God as if God was the one standing before you and speaking to you, because these were the words that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, and these are the words that the Lord would speak to us today. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I am watching over my word, says the Lord, to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the lands. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come. And every one Everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls, all around, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. They have made offerings to other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. Let's ponder on that for just a minute and begin to ask God, where have I worshiped other things outside of you? What are the idols in my life? Because church, we all have them. But you dress yourself for work, arise and say to them, everything that I command you, do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And behold, I make you... This day, a fortified city, an iron pillar, 
and, bron and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I... This is the Lord speaking, for I am with you, declares the Lord. I am with you to deliver you. These are the words of the Lord. They were the words of the Lord to Jeremiah, and these are the words of the Lord to us. And so let's just break down Scripture just a little bit. We want to start with verse 1. To whom the word of the Lord came. See, the scriptures we read today are the words of Jeremiah, but we also have to remember that these words contain the inspired words of the Lord. And this prophecy, like all inspired scripture, is both the word of man and the word of God. It is the divinely inspired and infallible word of God. But check this out. It was brought through the personality of a man. And sometimes we think that God cannot speak to us because we haven't perfected our walk. And sometimes we think that God can't use us because we haven't been delivered of so many things. I have so much junk. I have so much pain. You don't understand stand where I've been through. God could never be able to use me. And you see what God does is he takes your person. He doesn't want to change your personality. God wants to sanctify the personality. And then he wants to use you within your personality. See, that's the way he fashions us. He just wants to sanctify that. And you know, when I was studying this, there was a name that kept coming to mind. And, you know, she'll hate me for it, but I use her name constantly. Um, it's Maritza Fred. See, Maritza Fred has a, a, a personality. We could say sometimes she's a little extra, right? She is extra in, in, in how she ministers the gospel. She is extra in the excitement. She is extra loud when she ministers to people. But when you think about her being extra, I think about a woman who reaches a multitude of people that I would never be able to reach because I'm not that extra. I'm a little bit more subtle, a little bit more quiet, maybe a little bit more timid at times. But you know what? She reaches the multitude for the Lord, and she reaches a certain people with her personality. And so then God uses me to, to, to reach a different kind of people, you know, but the goal is the same. God is using a people that are willing to the, allow God to use us within our personalities. So it is the divinely inspired word of the Lord that is brought through our personality because when God uses people, he doesn't erase their personality. He just wants to use that individual sanctified personality. And in Jeremiah's case, God wanted, um, he wanted to use a man with a very gentle and tender heart for this unrewarding ministry of judgment and conviction. So as we jump into chapter 4, this is where we really want to get um, into and hone the scripture. It says, you know, we're about to read about the call and the preparation of Jeremiah into ministry. And uh, verse 4 says, now the word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah had at this moment a personal encounter with the Lord. And it's interesting because scripture says that he was raised in 
I don't want to say a godly home, but because they, they were worshiping God in his home, you know. Um, I would like to say he was raised in a religious home. His father was a priest, and yet um, we're told that he needed to have a personal encounter with God, and he needed to have a personal encounter with God's word, and this was his revelation, right? The Lord came to me saying, and so what did the Lord say to Jeremiah? We see that, the beginning of that in verse 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So Jeremiah existed. This is just so crazy. Jeremiah existed in the mind and the plan of God before he ever existed in his mother's womb. So even before his parents were planning on having a baby, he already existed in the plans of God. And God was already committed unto him. And God God already had a plan and a purpose for his life. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how you're here today. You have commissioned by God. He had a plan for you. Before he placed you in your mother's womb, it doesn't matter what the circumstances of your birth was. God has a plan for you. And if you think about these things, you know, God knew him knew us before he placed us in our mother's womb. And before he did that, he had already sanctified us. You know, this is a good argument for anyone who is pro-abortion. I'm just going to put it out there. God knew you. God has a plan for you. Great are the plans the Lord has for us. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. We don't get to choose. You know, we're in a society with a movement that women say, this is my body and it is my choice. Well, guess what? It is not your body and it is not your choice because this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And in this temple where the Holy Spirit abides, there is no death that can take place. We don't have the permission for it. It also is a good and strong case for the sanctity of human life. So God didn't give Jeremiah, see, God didn't speak to Jeremiah and say, before I formed you in the womb, you know, you know, I already knew you, I had already consecrated you, you already sanctified. He didn't say it just to say it. See, God was telling Jeremiah, giving him this information, he was doing so to encourage him. He was letting him know, I already preordained you. My plans were already preordained. He was encouraging Jeremiah for it, and he was doing so, so that Jeremiah would align his will to the perfect will of God. And today God wants you and I to align ourselves in the perfect will of God, the Father, the author and the finisher of all of our faith. So God called Jeremiah before he was born. And the same is true for all of us. We all have an intuitive or an instinctive sense of our destiny even before we accepted the Lord. If you think back at your journey, even before you accepted the Lord, even before you started walking in what the gospel has taught you, you can think back and see that's why, you know, I was selected in school to, you know, I think back all the time, like, what am I doing here? You know, if you would have asked me 20 or 30 years ago, you know, you think you could be a pastor? Do you think, no, I you think you're crazy. You don't know the words that have come out of this mouth. You don't know the strut in my walk. You don't know where I came from. Only God. Only God. 
So further down in that scripture, the Lord tells him, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. See, he didn't say, I appointed you a prophet to the church. I didn't say, God didn't say, I appointed you a prophet to this group of people. God said, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so what does that tell us? Because every word in scripture means something for us. So in respect to uh, what the Lord is telling Jeremiah, he's telling him, you are a prophet for a worldwide ministry. Our ministries are not to be confined to the four walls of a church building. And if we've learned anything throughout this pandemic, we've learned that the building is not the church. People, we are the church, and we need to take the gospel out into those streets where there is a dying population that needs to be free. There's a population out there that needs the promises of God, and who better? than you and I to bring that gift of salvation. So God is the Lord of the nations, and therefore his word should never be contained. It should not be contained to the building. It should not be contained for just your family. It should not be contained for you to share it with people that you're comfortable with. It should not be contained to share it with people that dress like you, that talk like you, that eat like you, that have the same color hair or the same type of texture. No, the gospel is for all nations. And if we see what the world is like today, we will understand why. God is calling the gospel to reach the nations. So in verses 6 through 10, we see Jeremiah's objection and God's response. See, because when God calls us right away, when God is doing something and growing us in an area, we start to make excuses, right? So you're called to preach. You know, I'm not called to preach. You know, I, I, I didn't study. I'm not a master at theology. Um, you know, there's a billion excuses why you can't, right? Um, hey, can you do this? No, yeah, I can, but I'm not gonna because. Um, hey, uh, whatever, but yeah, I could, but. There's always a but. There's always an objection. And because we're constantly in the but, 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 you know, yeah, God, but, yeah, God, but, I heard, but, you know, we never get to the potential that the Lord would want us to. So, um, so Jeremiah felt that as a young age, he was inexperienced, and because he was young and inexperienced, this prevented him from being a good or an authoritative messenger of God's word. And just like Jeremiah, we have to understand that God calls us when we are young and inexperienced. He calls us all from all different walks of life. It doesn't matter whether you're serving God for three days or 30 days, we're all called. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to be used by the Lord. And we have to remember one thing, that our adequacy comes from God, not from ourselves. It doesn't come from our own abilities. See, God calls you and he qualifies you. Man doesn't get to qualify you. And man doesn't get to reject what you, you know, I heard once I was having breakfast with this lady, you know, and we were talking and she had been sick for a while and she looked at me from across the table and with tears in her eyes, she said, Pastor Millie, I will not die until I have fulfilled my call. 
in the kingdom of God. And you know what? She's been going forth ever since. And if we think about it, right, let's think about how God qualifies us. When God chose a king to replace Saul, he didn't choose the eldest or the tallest or the most handsome of Jesse's kids. No, he chose Jesse's youngest son, the least likely. He chose David. You can read all about it in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16. And when God chose someone to face the giant, Goliath, he didn't choose the strongest man or the mightiest warrior, but he chose instead a shepherd boy armed only with a slingshot, a slingshot and a rock. See, God prefers working with the least obvious people as a way of avoiding any type of confusion. Think about it. Nobody who sees a boy kill a giant with a slingshot can fail to see the hands of God behind the boy's success. You know, if you knew me back in the day, and you see me now, you would say, only God. And how many people can share a testimony that people would see you where you were and see you now and say, only God could do that. You see, my husband had a bout, right? He had a heart attack. He bled out. There were so many things. He shouldn't be here today but God. Only God can do things in our lives. Why are you here? Because his assignment is not done. So the Lord's response to the but was, do not say I am a youth. See, God told Jeremiah what he was consecrated, what he was set aside to do, and Jeremiah said, but. And God said, no, there are no buts here. Do not say I am a youth. See, Jeremiah's concerns about being a youth were irrelevant to God. God didn't want to hear that, nor did God want Jeremiah to say it. So God insists on his right to call young people. He insists on his right to call us young people and to use us if we will listen to his call, and if we will answer it. So do not say, I am a youth. And you might be saying, why? Why shouldn't I? You know, I'm going to tell you why. Because God used David when he was a young man. And as a young man, David served his father. He served him faithfully in the shepherd fields. He killed a lion and a bear protecting the flock. He killed Goliath. He served King Saul and was a commander in the Israeli army. And because God filled John the Baptist, listen to this, with the Holy Spirit, where did he fill him? In the womb. You can read about it in Luke chapter 1. See, you aren't too young to be filled mightily with the Spirit of God. Where you are right now, all you need to do is ask, God, fill me, and he will do it for you. So because of God, actually God used Timothy as a young man. And through the apostle Paul told him, and this is a word from the Lord for us, let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, and in faith, and in purity. See, God calls us. He calls us. In verse 8, the Lord says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the, the Lord. See, Jeremiah is understanding what it is that God, you know, that is a really harsh word you want me to bring to the people. And I'm afraid that because I'm too young, they're not going to receive me well. And because the word that you're giving me is a word of judgment, they're going to reject it. But God is saying it's not your job to have the people receive what I have to say. Your job is to be the delivery man. Our job is to deliver the message, not to force people to take it.
In verse 9, we see the Lord does something to Jeremiah. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Can you imagine what a tender and intimate moment that must have been? I would just pray, God, touch my mouth. Give me your words. Every minister of the gospel should be praying that. Touch my lips. Let the words that come out be your words and not mine. So God touched Jeremiah in a very personal way, and he can touch us in the same way. See, as we allow the word of the Lord to seep into our hearts, his word will be ready to come out of our mouths. All we have to do is be willing vessels unto the Lord. Be obedient to whatever it is he's called us to do. In verse 10, the word of the Lord says, See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the calling. You're going to go out there and you're going to tell the people that if they don't begin to turn from their wicked ways, if they don't begin to repent and turn from their wicked ways, if they don't begin to repent and turn from their wicked ways and pray, then I will hear the la- their, their cry and then I will heal the land. The judgment, turn from your wicked ways. But with the word of judgment came a word of promise, I will build again. And then in verses 11 and 12, the word of the Lord came to me. It says, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah's response was, I see the branch of an almond tree. I replied, and the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The Lord is watching to see that the word that he has given you, that the job that he has given you, he is watching to see that it is fulfilled. And you know what? You don't get to disqualify yourself, and you don't get to be afraid because the Lord has promised us, I go before you. I go with you. And Jeremiah was so observant of what the Lord had shown him. See, he could have just said, I see a branch, but he didn't. He was specific in what he saw. He saw the branch of an almond tree, and that's what he told the Lord. He understood. Just skip around. I'm running out of time. So Jeremiah learned a good lesson. He was observant in what the Lord was showing him. See, he replies, simply a rod of an almond tree. And sometimes we think that for us to hear from God or for God to use us, you know, he's got to come down with thunder and lightning and, you know, all the, the glam and all the special effects. And God only speaks in a service where the worship is dynamic and where the worship leaders are on TV and on YouTube and blah, say, blah, blah. But guess what? The Bible is filled of simple moments where God has spoken. See, God will speak to us in the quiet. When we are quiet and still before the Lord is when God will speak. Speak the loudest to us. So Jeremiah has been prepared and equipped by the word of God, and he is also encouraged with the promises of God. The Lord tells him that he will not be well received, that people will not receive his message, but the Lord also tells him, I'm going to be with you. Every step of the way, I'm going to be with you. So in closing, God gave Jeremiah everything he needed, but Jeremiah needed to walk in it. And God has given us everything we need in our walk with him. We just need to to begin to walk in it. 
And you see, we can't stay in the same place forever because where God used me when I came to the church and when I received the Lord, when I was a baby Christian, he couldn't use me the way he's using me now. But guess what? God is not going to use me 10 years from now the way he's using me today because God is getting ready to do something. There's transition coming, not just for this church, but there's transition coming in the kingdom of God. And young people, youth will need to rise up and begin to take their place within the kingdom of God. And those of us that are young in our world, walk where we're still developing we're a little bit more mature but our job is to take them under our wing and we need to encourage them and we need to help them they need to know what the calling is over their lives and we need to help them to define it to refine it but to walk in it encourage and you know what we make mistakes in ministry we don't always get it right but when you make a mistake the good thing is that you learn something so every day we are learning as Jeremiah learns it didn't matter that he was young, and it didn't matter that he was inexperienced, and it didn't matter that he didn't have the right words. What mattered was that he was called by God, he was obedient unto the Lord, and he trusted God at his word. And today we need to trust the Lord at his, at his word. So God has called the disciples of Jesus, that's you and I, to gird up our loins, and that means to stand up and be ready to go forth, to stand up, because no one can do this for us. You need to do it. So whatever it is that's bubbling inside, whether it be inside the church or outside of the church building, whatever God is bubbling inside for you, then you need to, you know, it doesn't matter that people won't receive it. What matters is if God is telling you do it, then just do it. Because I would rather apologize to a man than have to go before the throne of God and say, I'm sorry, I didn't allow you to use me. It's not going to happen. All right? Okay, so we're closing with this. The same way we opened up, we're going to close. What does God want from me? Go back home and read uh, verses 4 through 10. What does God want from me, and how will I respond to the Lord? Jeremiah 11 through 19 will give you the response. And this is how we're going to end. We're just going to stand up. We're going to begin to ask the Lord as the worship team uh, takes us into a, a time of worship. I want you guys to really ponder, what is it that you're asking of me, Lord? God, what is it that you're asking of me? Let's just stand to our feet. God, I pray you speak. Lord, speak to our hearts, oh God. Tenderize our hearts, oh God. I pray that our hearts would be, Lord, fertile before you, God, that we would understand, Lord, what you're calling us to do, Father, that we would understand, God, that it doesn't matter whether we're afraid or not, oh God. Lord, what matters is that we be obedient unto you, Lord. God, that we be obedient unto you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord. Let's just continue to worship. Just ask the Lord to show you, to speak to you, and don't be afraid. Trust God at his word. Amen. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.